You know, when I was uh, young, I'd like to sleep in on Saturday mornings. You know, I was busy about school and sports, and so Saturday morning rolled around, and I just couldn't wait to sleep in. All of a sudden, the light would be turned on early in the morning, and I'd hear this voice that'd say, It's time to get up. It's time to go to work. It was my dad. Uh, my mom will attest he was an early morning riser, and he didn't believe in sleeping in. And uh, I love my dad, but I've always held that against him because it says a uh, beauty sleep is needed. And so I didn't get enough of it. So <laughs> and then when I was in high school, I played uh, high school basketball. And I remember we were just shooting around in the gym at a particular time. And the coach uh, called us all over into the center court. And he said, uh, gentlemen, it's time to go to work. My message today is uh, to all of us, it's time to go to work. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that we have been saved by grace through faith. And then you've called us because of that faith to go to work. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose for our journey. You have an eternal plan and purpose for our work. And so today as we open up your sacred word and we look into it that it might transform us and change us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to perceive what you're saying and you're doing. That uh, when we stand before you on that day, we will hear those words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Has anyone ever told you it's time to go to work? Might have been a parent or a teacher or a coach or maybe even yourself. The reality is so much of our earthly journey is centered around work. Yes, we have times to uh, relax and uh, recreate and, and rest, but usually it's work, work, work. Life is about work. Unless you're independently wealthy or you're lazy or you have some other uh, unique circumstance, most of our lives are focused on work. And in regard to our Christian faith, it also involves work. Now, I found over the years many people don't like to look at or, or relate themselves to their faith in regard to work, but it's very important and it's biblical. And uh, from cover to cover, you'll see that. I don't have time to share from Genesis to Revelation, but if you're in your Bible, you'll see the theme of work in God's kingdom, and because of your faith, is vitally important. The Bible encourages us, it's time to go to work in regard to our faith. There's a reason that God is having us look at this subject today. Uh, there will probably be many reasons. I know that his assignment or mandate for us individually and collectively at Connections Church this year is to grow and to go. Grow in him and go and do his work. Um, I hope today your heart's just saying, God, here am I. I want you to talk to me. Again, he talks to us all differently. I've never heard the audible voice, but... 
But uh, my assumption, my prayer as I pray through the week and I'm preparing, I, I'm hoping that I'm going to share 30, 35, 40 significant things today spiritually from the heart of God that maybe one of those things will capture you. So right now I just pray that you just open your heart and say, God, here I am, and, and just teach me today and lead me and feed me and, and make me the man or woman of God you want me to be. Uh, I'd invite you to turn your Bibles open to the book of Ephesians if you have your Bible with you today. If not, when you come back, I really encourage you to do that. For those who are uh, guests with us today, we're doing actually a six-month study of the book of Ephesians. Uh, I do a lot of topical teaching on relevant subjects that we're all dealing with day in and day out. But then there's times when I just feel like the Lord is saying, I want you to focus on this particular book. And so we've been uh, looking at the book of Ephesians. We're in the second chapter, and then we'll be going all the way through the summer to the fall in looking at this most important book. So today we're at Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to read you verses 8 through 13. 8 through 13. Ephesians 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen, please. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what that which is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Real brief review, because some of you weren't here last Sunday, I really want to encourage you to get the CD, because we talked about being saved by grace through faith. And it's very important you understand that reality, that biblical truth before you move on. And so if you weren't here, I would encourage you to go back on the connections table, sign up, get that. It's really an important message, I think, for you, short and long term. Pop it in when you're driving around or when you're at home. But again, we have to have that message really in place before we progress to what we want to talk about today. Our faith in Christ is never based on works. I did a good job mentioning that. But once we have faith in Christ, then we go to work. And so I think the message from God for us today, individually and collectively, is it's time to go to work. There's a couple of definitions. I'm going to focus today on verse 10. Again, there's a lot there, but I'm going to look at verse 10. For we, meaning those of us who are in Christ, given our life to Jesus, that are Christians and believers, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's two words I think are very important in this verse we need to understand. First, the word workmanship. And then the word work. The first, the word workmanship is poemia, P-O-I-E-M-A. And it means it comes from two Greek words. One, it means to make a product. So the Bible is saying that God made us. But the second word, it means to abide in and with. God made a product to abide in and with. God created you to be in and with you. The Bible talks about being in. It says, 
uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's why when people say, have you received Christ into your heart, into your life? Because being a part of his workmanship, he just didn't create you. He created you so he could be inside of you. He could live inside of you. He's not just outside of you. He's in your heart. He's in your life. He's in your spirit. And then it goes on to talk about, remember, that God sent forth his son and his name shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So when the Bible says that God created you, you are his workmanship, you are a product of what he's created so he can be inside of you and he could work through you. Isn't that good? He's in us, he's with us, and he wants to work through us. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good work. The word work means um, action, activity, deed. Again, please don't misunderstand. God's purpose in creating you is to live in you, to walk with you, and that he might do his work through you. I know that sounds pretty simplistic, but when we get involved in our world, it can be challenging. When Mike was talking about that, I had a guy this week said, tell me just one good reason why I should go to church. Now, you know, I can answer that from a religious point of view. I could try to figure out where he's coming from. And, and this really was not what I would have thought of. I said, because I don't know about you, every day living in this world with the media, the culture, everything, is they're trying to introduce me to a false philosophy and theology, and I need to get to church so I hear the truth. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm watching the news or the newspaper or watching people or all the advertisements, I don't know about you. Maybe you live in a different world. It's tempting me to me to live for right now, here and now, not to have an eternal perspective or a spiritual perspective or the next life. And I want to get to church because I want to hear the truth. I don't want to keep hearing the world's lies to me all the time. And you know what? Whether that was really a good answer or not, I think it stopped him because he wasn't expecting that. Because then I said, have you ever felt that way? That all week long you are being inundated and infatuated with a false philosophy, a false worldview that's lying to you. It's all about here and now. My friends, it's not all about here and now. It's also about the life to come. So anyway, those are uh, the so de definitions we're going to work with today. So what's his workmanship? I mentioned that, that we he created us to live in us and to work through us. I call it IDCPM. You know, I'm always working with these, aren't I? All week long I'm trying to think of IDCPM. You are his idea. You're his design. You're his creation. You're his possession. And you're his masterpiece. I don't care how else you take a look at your life, and I've got a beautiful mom, and my dad woke me up early and when I was a kid, and we all go through things, but I want you to know, every one of you in here, you're his idea, you're his design, you're his creation, you're his possession, and you're his masterpiece. And if you ever lose sight of that in the journey and all you're going through, you'll live short of God's best for you. And so you are his workmanship. Some of you here today might be struggling with life and a relationship, your own identity. Some people say, you know, I just don't live real good in my skin. And they go through so many challenges and everything else. I want you to know today, you are his workmanship. 
That means you're special. And I'm not just trying to go, oh, you guys are so special. Oh, you're special. It's not what I'm doing. I'm saying you're special. And you've got to get it out of your head and into your heart. Because the enemy's coming to lie to you day in and day out with your failures, your mistakes, your bad choices, your detours. He's going to tell you you're no good. You've never been any good. What your mom said, what your dad said, what your coach said. And those are all lies. The Bible says you are his workmanship. You're his idea. You're his design. You're his creation. You're his possession. And you are his masterpiece. That's what the Bible says. We were his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good work. First of all, what's Jesus work? Because we're supposed to be like him, right? We're being transformed into his image. And so we need to know a little bit about his work. I, I would take you, there's so many passages, but I'll take you to one, John chapter 5 and uh, verse 36. You can look on the PowerPoint if you're turning there. John, the Gospel of John chapter 5, verse 36. These are the words of the Lord Jesus. He says, but I have a greater witness than John for the works... We're talking about work today. It's time to go to work for the works which the Father has given me to finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. In not only Jesus saying what his work was, and it really applies to us, but there's three things I see. It was he did the work of his Father. Nobody else told him to do it. It wasn't a religious leader. It wasn't a church. It wasn't quote, an earthly boss. He got his work from the Father. Do you know what the Father's work is for you? I asked several people that question this week, and it blew them away. And these people were pastors, and they couldn't tell me. They didn't know what their work was. They know what the church told them to do. They know what told them what the seminary told them to do. So first, it comes from the Father. Second of all, it's very specific. And third, we're responsible to finish it. Jesus said, I must finish the work the Father's given me to do. Well, if you didn't know it came from the Father and you didn't know specifically what it was, how do you complete it? And with no disrespect, a lot of us have been in the faith for a long, long, long period of time. And if I were to ask you that question, I'm not going to put you on the spot. What is the work the Father's given you to do? If you don't know you got it from the Father and you don't know what it is, how in the world do you complete it? It's so important. So what are some of the dynamics of what Jesus did? He obeyed the Father. He revealed. He reached. He served. He loved. He touched. Uh, he reconciled, he rescued, he healed, he spoke, he prayed for, he connected, he provided, he gave, he protected, he counseled, he encouraged, and he died for. Any of those sound familiar to what you're supposed to do? If he did it, because Jesus said, greater works than I did, you'll do. The church. So maybe you're not to do all of those, but you're to do some of them. But if you don't know what they are, if you haven't got it from the Father... How are you going to complete it when you stand before him? How are you going to say, hey, I finished the work you gave me to do? We're saved by grace through faith, but after we're a Christian, we have a work to do. It's time to go to work, church. Now, but I, know, I believe most all of you in here are saying amen in your heart. Because you're here. There's a purpose. You're not here just because you had nothing else to do. You might have thought, well, I just go to church every Sunday. But I'm telling you, it's more divine than that. It's more supernatural than that. God 
is really involved. This is an important time in human history. His kingdom's moving forward. The advancement of the cause of Christ is facing great rejection and persecution here and all around the place. This is an important time. And the Father's saying, time to get up. I know you want to slip in on Sunday morning, but turn the light on. It's time to get up. There's work to be done. So what's our work? We looked at Jesus' work. We're his workmanship creating Christ Jesus to do work. There's five aspects of this that I'd like to share with you. Number one, it's your duty. If you look at Titus 3, verse 8, better get there. Timothy, Titus, that's why you need to learn the books of the Bible, even as preachers. I didn't have a Bible tab today. Uh, Titus 3, verse 8 says this. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. And then in verse 14, and let our people also learn to maintain good work, to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. It's your duty. It's the duty of every believer in Christ to be involved in good works. Can I say that again? It is the duty of every person who believes in Christ to be involved in good works. Let's not make it more difficult or complicated than it is. My friends, it's really not about being religious or religiosity. It's not about the church you go to. It's not how many scriptures do you know or how spiritual you think you are. It's your duty, if you're a Christian... To let God abide in you, that he might do his work in you, that he might do his work through you, so our world sees his good works. That's it. It's our duty as a Christian. How many of you have a life purpose statement? No, don't raise your hand. You don't have to. About 15, 20 years ago, I heard a guy saying, yeah, you just really, to stay on course and, and to keep your eye on the bullseye, you need to have a life purpose statement. And so I worked really hard praying, and, you know, you can come up with whatever you own. You, you're your own artist. You're your own designer of that, as God was at work. In it. And I came up, and this is my life purpose statement, to honor God and to love and serve people. I believe every day of my journey, if I will honor God and love and serve people, that's the reason that I'm here. And when I stand before God... That's what I'm going to be judged on. Did I honor him? Did I love and serve people? Every day, countless times through the day, whether I'm up or down, or I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm frustrated or I'm angry or I'm content, it doesn't matter. All through the day, I'm continuing to focus on my life purpose statement, to honor God and to love and serve people. That's it. It's my duty as a Christian to be involved in good work. Number two, it's a priority. If you look there in Titus as well, in verse chapter two, chapter two, verse 14, it says, who gave himself for us that we, he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good work. Zealous for good work. If you do a little bit of a Greek word study in the word zealous, it means to make a main priority. What's your main priority in life? What's your main priority in the faith? The Bible says one of your main priorities in life is to do good work. 
is that you would receive and God would live in you. He would do his work in you. He would be with you. Then he would do his work through you so our world would be a better place. If that's not your priority, you're not going to get the job done. You remember the old saying, if you really want to know what somebody's priority is, look at their daytimer and their checkbook. They can tell you all day long what their priority are, but their daytimer and their checkbook are going to reveal their priority. The Bible says that one of our priorities is doing good work for him. So what I want to ask you today is how high on the priority list is it for you to be involved in good work? I know that your employer and the paycheck and all the struggles and relationships and husbands and wives and kids and grandkids, all that stuff's wonderful. And you have a responsibility. But the Bible says God's called to himself a special people who would be zealous, who would prioritize good work on his behalf. Number three, expanding over in first Corinthians chapter 15 verses 57 and 58. Well, let's look at 58. It says, therefore, first of all, it's our duty. It's our priority. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding. If you look at this Greek word, it means to increase or to expand. So the Bible says that we're always to be increasing or expanding our good work. Are you increasing and expanding your good work on his behalf? If not, why not? You know, part of my job as a parent, part of my job as a preacher is to eliminate excuses. Did you know that? As human beings, we all have excuses. I used to tell my kids, my job is to eliminate your excuse. I don't want to hear it. I know you have an excuse. But you know what? When you start believing in those excuses and living in those excuses and making those excuses, you'll make your life an excuse. But if I eliminate those, then you'll be responsible. Part of my job as a preacher is to eliminate your excuses. The Bible says we're to always be abounding, increasing, expanding our good work. You know, if, if we're growing and maturing as a human being, we're expanding and, and, uh, and improving our ability to understand life and live life, right? It's the same way in the faith. We need to be increasing and expanding our good works. And that's not just here on Sunday morning. Thanks, Rod, for sharing that. Number four is rewards. When we're talking about good works, in Revelation, it's the very last book of the Bible. Do you think uh, it, when Jesus was writing this, and they were putting together the sacred scripture. Do you think the very last thing that Jesus had to say before he went away would be important? You know, if I'm laying on my deathbed and I've got my wife and my kids there. I don't know that anybody else should be there at that time. But they'll be there. What I say at the very end is going to be the most important thing I say. It really will be. What did Jesus say in Revelation chapter 22? He says uh, in verse 12, Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Those are the last things Jesus said. He said, I'm coming quickly. Kind, get ready. My reward's with me, and I'm going to give everyone according to what they do. That's just the truth. This is so important for us to understand. 
There will be a reward in the next in the next life. That's why the Bible says store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I don't understand it, but I believe it. And I'm living for it. Too many Christians are intoxicated and infatuated with the rewards of today. And I believe in doing that many times they will miss out on the reward of the next life because they misunderstood. My friends, please don't live only for the rewards of today. They are fleeting, and you know that. They'll tickle your fancy for a moment. They'll feel really good. They'll take you to the mountaintop, and it'll be like that sugar high. It'll take you way up, and it'll drop you flat on your face. Bible says, store for yourself treasures in heaven. There's going to be rewards. There's going to be a time, my friends, that you're going to be appreciative and glad that you didn't get intoxicated and infatuated only with the rewards of this side. Last point in our real role in our work is there will be judgment. Again, in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12 and 13 says this. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open. This is coming, friends. You're not going to be able to avoid it. No matter how smart you are, no matter what church you go to, how much you know about your Bible, this is coming. To everybody that's in here, everybody on planet Earth. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and he opened the books. And another book that was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. Judged according to their works. The Bible says that all of us at one time are going to appear before Almighty God. And he's going to open the book of life. And he's going to judge us according to what we did, good or bad, on this side in the body. My friends, don't get detoured. Don't put eternity out of focus. This is not a fire and brimstone. This is just plain reality. All of us, it says all of us are going to die and stand before God. Again, we're saved by grace through faith. This is not about your salvation. But because you are saved, you are a Christian, because Christ lives in you, it's your duty. It's a priority. It needs to be increasing and expanding. It has a lot to do with eternal rewards, and it has a lot to do with how you'll be judged when the book is open. Folks, it's coming. <laughs> if you know it's coming, prepare. It's like, you know, people live in Florida, and they, they say a hurricane's coming. And you, it, you look outside, and it's sunshiny, and it's beautiful, and you go, I think I'll go play golf today. And in about an hour, you're out on that golf course, and it hits, you're going to be sorry you were out there. It's coming. That's not negative. It's positive. God's going to judge us and reward us based on what we do, good or bad, in the body. This is the last point. I'm going to have Mike and the band come back. So what's our work? We've talked about we are his workmanship. We are. Created in Christ Jesus to do good work. We looked at what Jesus' work was. Something the Father had given him. It was very specific, and he was going to have to finish it and answer for it. We have a work. It's our duty. We must prioritize it. It needs to be increasing and expanding because it has to do with rewards and eternal judgment. But then what's our work together? In Hebrews chapter 10, it says this. Hebrews 10, verse 24. Well, let me read 23 to you as well. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised his faithful. Now, listen. Let us consider 
one another in order to stir up love and good works. Why do you go to church? It's because we're a team. We're a family. We've made a decision to live life together, to belong to one another, to spiritually connect so that we can go out into our world. We need to cheer one another up. We need to encourage one another. We need to remind one another. We need to pray for one another. Because we have a hot bar that's been set real high. we got a lot of work to do, my friends. I thought I heard an amen. I'm like you. I can get down. I can get discouraged. I'm, I'm so much an idealist living in a realistic world. I have it all planned out the way that God should work it out and your life should be and my life should be and I'm not very a content person. Because the game's not over. If you know me, I'm very competitive. I don't want to lose. I don't want to see another marriage broken. I don't want to see another prodigal son or daughter walk away. I don't want to see the dark cloud of depression that can sit and and hover over so many lives. I don't want to see people intoxicated with things of this world that leave them down and broken and diseased and taking away their rewards for eternity. For so many years, I was angry at God because I wanted to be a coach. That was what my goal and dream. I wanted to be a a high school, college basketball coach. And God hijacked me. Thank you. Talk to your husband. (laughs) And about 10 years ago, he said, what are you talking about? I made you a coach. Have you ever watched a coach? You know why I'm loud and scream and yell? You know, it might not be okay in church. Ever watch the coach on the on the sideline or on the basketball court? Do you think they care about whether or not you think it's okay for them to yell and scream and stomp and spit and throw the towel and throw a chair, Bobby Knight? <laughs> That's how he wired me. I'm a coach. I don't want to lose. I want to see everybody reach their full potential. I want to see us as a team and a family come in here and encourage each other and love each other and pray for each other and challenge each other. Let's go out. It's time to go to work. It's like my dad. There's no sleeping in right now, folks. The light's coming on. It's early in the morning. I want to go to sleep. It's time to get up. It's, it, it's time to go to work. And like that basketball coach, meet, meet me here in the center of church. Go ahead and stand up. Let's go ahead and stand up. We're going to sing. Meet in the center, gentlemen, ladies. It's time to go to work. I'm not mad at you. I'm saying, folks, it's time to go to work. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. To do His good work.
in my workplace, our community, Northern Colorado, our state, our nation, our world, needs His good work that comes through His people and His church. My friends, it's time to go to work.
God bless you. Have a good day.